Hello, top family. This is your Coco Goddess coming to you today with Miss 252. What it do, guys? We are bringing the topic to you today of family rejection and acceptance of the LGBT family member and the effects of it. Of course, I always started off with some questions. You know, I got a badge of Miss 252. I can't let her be great. No, never. And won't today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, we all have our coming out story. We all have our stories where we had to deal with family members, friends that we thought were friends, not accepting us and some shockingly accepting us. But my main thing I wanted to start it off with is for Miss 252, as I know you have a story Because I know my auntie, well, a couple of our family members are members of the church. And that's for both sides of my family. I was raised in the church. So, you know, we had to, (laughs) we got them together once they found out everything. But the first thing I want to ask you, I think it will be, first, I want to know what your coming out story is. Like, how did you come out? When did you come out? And then I'll go with the rest of it. How did that whole spiel go? Because I know at first you probably were afraid. Most of us have that fear of how it's going to go already, especially when you know how your family feel about other family members or friends that they're cool with and they love them. Yeah. But they, you know, they unintentionally will say that, like they'll speak on honestly how they feel. They will react that they knew it was their own children, not even knowing that maybe your child actually is and you don't know it because of what they're hearing you say. True. So what was your coming out story for you? Okay. So I'm going to go a little bit deeper, Mr. Roddick. Um, <laughs> I started noticing maybe like paying attention to or noticing different things about myself as young as like seven or eight. But being brought up in the church, grandma was a pastor. uh, Granddaddy was like the head deacon um, and everything going on. I felt I didn't feel, you know, secure with it. And so I tried to, as everybody say, live the normal life um, where, of course, male, female situation um, had a son. Um, try to make that situation work because, you know, I felt like that's what society or, you know, my family, you know, that was the right thing to do. That's what everybody else do, you know. So that did not work. I was probably in my mid-20s when I actually met um someone I called my baby mom. <laughs> um, And she was a friend. And I met her and she was cool. And first day she met me, cause I met her through a mutual friend. First day she met me, she was like, she was like, you're beautiful. So I looked at my friend because I didn't know how to feel or how to feel about it because I've had thoughts, you know, of course, you know, early, early at seven, but I had, you know, basically some thoughts when I was like my early twenties, like 21, 22, you know, but I was like, eh, nah. So when she said that, that kind of strike something in me and I was kind of like, hmm. Okay. I was like, thank you. I didn't kind of know how to receive it. And it was like, thank you. And at first she ended up apologizing because, um, she was, you know, 
gay, but she wasn't out to her family. So she thought she um, offended me or whatever. But I let her know, you know, you didn't offend me. You know, it ain't no problem or whatever, whatever. So we became, we had a friendship. And us having that friendship, um, it sparked into something else. And we started dating. And we was going strong and dating for a minute. And once we were dating and um, going strong, being with her gave me the courage to actually come out to my family and to actually, you know, tell certain ones. Because when you find something that you've been in search for, for a minute, that love, that, you know... That thing, you know, that everybody was saying was bad or you thought was bad or messed up. So when you find that one, it gave me courage. I ain't give a damn. Who knew? Who seen us together? Baby, yes, she's mine and she cute. Mm-hmm. This is my girlfriend. You know, I was like, hmm. I think the first person I told was my sister. Yes, it's a whole new, definitely a whole new world. I felt like, uh, Jasmine. And she was Aladdin, and when we was in here, we was on the carpet and everything. Like I didn't care who knew. Um, posting on Facebook statuses. This is back when you know too many people won't posting, and I was just like, hmm, I don't care. And it gave me courage because I was just like, oh my god, this is the love. This is that that connection that I've been searching for my whole whole you know life or whatever, and. Finally, I got it. So that gave me the courage to like say something to my sister, say something to my brother, to my cousins out and about. And we all in the store geeking up, kikikiing and holding hands and kissing. And the only person that I took a long time to say something to was my mom because she's a pastor. And I was just like, "Mm." you know, with your parents, you don't want to disappoint. And my mom has never been the type to judge anybody or so I didn't have those stories where she was like, mm, you know, because in our family, you know, we got gay cousins that she grew up with, you know what I'm saying? Um, just different things. So she wasn't that type. My mom was real, real and down to earth. But as her child, I didn't want to disappoint her or, you know, make her feel away. So when I told her, she was like, oh, okay. Okay, then. Like, Why? Well, <laughs> she was so easy going with because when I told my sister, because my sister's my best friend, I told her and she was just like, so, okay. You know, and she had kids. She had four kids. and But still, she didn't shy the kids away. She we still did same. stuff. Yeah, she did love it me the same. Change you it don't. But in my mind, it was just, you know, when you growing up, it's, you know, you, you're taught hell and this is what's going to happen and this this that and the third and you're not supposed to do this and do that so in my mind growing up I felt wrong I felt like well maybe I'm having bad thoughts so I used to pray about it and just be like well Lord you know remove it away and this that and the third but when I met my baby moms it was just like a whole new world it was just like that's what I was missing that's what I want that's what type of connection I want I want somebody to kind of be on the same level I'm on I want that general love, general respect, and it made it easy for me to come out. It made it easy for me to just be like, you know what? You either gonna accept me or you ain't. But she guess what? You out of your comfort zone, but she made you comfortable enough to be able to be brave enough to come out. But like, I don't care how you feel about it. Right. I'm just telling you because I love you and it's out of respect, and so you'll know and be aware. Right. 
And I just, I did not care. I was just around here, bells and whistles and everything. It was just like something new to me. And that was a feeling that I didn't want to give up for nobody. You know what I'm saying? Whether, because me and her ain't together, but still just that feeling, that that oneness, it just felt right. Like for once, you know what I'm saying? You know how sometimes we can kind of force stuff or kind of do what everybody want us to do. And then when you finally do what you want to do and it, it just felt good. Because they say it's what you're supposed to do. Right. I started living for myself and it was just like, oh my God, this is what I've been. Oh Jesus, this is what I've been missing. <laughs> like God knows I do not regret my son. I'm glad he came when he came, you know. And, but good God of mine, I was like, I could have been, been doing this mess. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I've been dealing with these fools and it won't right. And I'm trying to figure out why it ain't right. That's because that wasn't what I wanted. That wasn't what was for me. And I truly and strongly feel like that. It won't for me. And so that's mine. What's yours? Everybody, how was yours? Hmm. Well, I became, sadly, I think I, I know I became aware Although I was confused when I was in grade school. I think it was more of the summertime before going to middle school. But it was my first was my babysitter's daughter. I never looked at her in that way, but she was the one basically introducing me to things. So it's kind of. I don't even know what to call it, but she was, she wanted me to touch her okay. and I didn't feel grossed out by it, Right. but she was showing me things because I really wasn't sexual like that at first. So right. she was basically guiding me on how to do things or whatever. So, but I already knew beforehand, so I can't say it was her fault. You know, some people have that story yeah. and that's why I would say that's. They have stories because I will ask you what your origin of it all was because, you know, some people say they have traumatic life despite things that had happened to them, whether it was family members of the same sex that has molested them, raped them. Some people say it's just a cycle of bad relationships with the opposite sex. But some of us actually, nothing bad happened to actually cause it. It was something that was there. Not saying that nothing bad ever happened in life, but beforehand as a child, you do realize you're looking at the person that looks like you with the same pigtails and you're like, she's pretty. Right. And instead of you saying, I want him as my boyfriend, you're like, she will be cute as a girlfriend. But then because you still have that thing in the back of your head, like, no, they said that's wrong. That's not the right type of thinking. You do try to correct yourself. But so that was there before I right. were looked, I was looking at other girls, but I never acted on it. Right. It took for me to go to my babysitter's house and, her daughter was the one that actually was the one to start showing me things. Yes, sadly, at that young age, we never actually did anything extra like far as like cunnilingus or anything because we didn't know what we were doing. Clearly, she might have, but she just never took me that far, I guess, knowing that I really didn't know when she was introducing me to everything. Right. But as far as my coming out story, <laughs> I actually, when I started dating women I've dated feminine women at first and I still say to this day I really don't have a preference as far as I can't say I do because I like an aggressive woman I like assertive women so unless it's a feminine woman that's assertive or aggressive in some kind of way I can't do it I said I can date a feminine woman we can hang out all day get our nails and get our hair done it's cute but as being in a relationship I never 
really seeing myself doing it. I can't see myself doing it now. At first, I thought maybe I could. But my first woman that I actually dated and was serious with, even though we were kind of like best friends, was a feminine woman. Right. So, but as to my family, they only knew her as my bestie when right. I got older. So they didn't know that, yeah, we hung out all day, every day. We smoked together. We chilled together. That's who I always with. They knew she was gay, but they right. weren't aware that she, yeah, I was that's well. who I had my little stripes with. Right. So I will actually listen. She's been to my grandparents' home. She's been around other family members. My mama, she never really said anything bad about her. She knew her mom. She worked with her mom at her job. So that was her other daughter to her. Right. But my grandparents, being that they were so holy, they were holy rollers. Right. Once they knew that she were gay, they would they really didn't want her back in the home. Oh, wow. So that made me feel some type of way. And I actually was upset. I don't know if I cried about it or anything, but I was really upset right. with them. And they didn't even know, like, okay, so I know not to ever let them know because the way when I say the reaction and everything of how it was, like I was really that upset. I didn't even want to go back over there for a while. Right. Because they just like they they didn't want anything like that in their home, and I was like, mm, okay, wow, yeah. But I actually, I think it weeks later when I did decide to come back around, because mm-hmm. I never really made it a point to tell all my family there. I'm like, I'm a grown, I'm grown, right. So it is what it is. Right. But I felt like I couldn't continue to do so because I feel like anything you do in life, no, it's not anyone's business. But I've always been a type like. Yeah, if I'm doing it, I'm not ashamed of it because if I'm ashamed, I shouldn't be doing it. True. So even when I had jobs, I would tell people, yes, I'm gay, just so you know, because they like some people still would like they were still attracted to me, want to talk right. to me. So I'm like, just so you know, because some people around here might know I'd rather it come from me than them and then make it seem like something negative. And right. you like, well, is she plotting on me? I don't want that. Right. So some people had good reactions. Some people didn't. They was like, well, why did you want to tell me out of respect? Because I'm not ashamed of what I do. Exactly. But if it's something that you want, don't want to be around or you'll be worried about what somebody's going to say because they see you around me, I'd rather you not be around me. Exactly. So I'm telling you out of respect for you because I like you as a person, but just so you know. Right. But as far as coming out to my mom, she had the same reaction. I still love you, but she was quiet for a while. She called me back in her room and her thing, and she even made me cry. She was like, well, was it? I, she said, I still love you. I don't care who you love. Right. They can be any complexion. They can be red, green, blue. They can be a Martian. I don't care as long as they love you and respect you the way they should. But right. is it something that I did? Right. And that hurt me. I said, mama, no. Right. I said, even as a child, I knew that it was there. I just didn't know how to process it. Right. So it's nothing you did. Right. Just don't blame yourself for it. So that made me cry because she was crying. But as far as my grandparents, once again, it was a no-go. It got to a point, and mind you, before my mom got her own place, I remember being... In grade school, before she, they told her she had to step out on her own. After moving from North Carolina, she moved us there. We moved to their home. Right. So these are the people. Every Sunday, we went to their home to eat Sunday dinner. Like we were the old school traditional family. We right. knew we were going to grandma's house. She didn't have to cook. Anytime I like, if I didn't have a babysitter, that's why I was my grandparents. That was I was her riri. I was their riri or whatever. So when they found that out, when we actually told them. And I think it probably took for my mom to like sit there with me and she had to explain it more because I just couldn't get it out because I felt like it was going to go wrong. Right. They, I think my grandmother cried. My grandpa, he was clearly upset. But after that day, anytime I went over there, if I went, because I already knew the reaction made me not want to go again. Right. If I did decide to come over, mm-hmm. they would leave out of the room and go in their bedroom. Okay. They didn't even want to be around me. Yes. 
And then later on, I just got to a point. I was like, okay, I stopped going over there as much as I did. I was like, okay, that just changed everything. But I went through something in life, trying to always be in me, trying to look out for people and lost my place. My family in North Carolina said, I don't care. Basically, I let them know what was going on because I tried to still survive on my own. This is what I'm going to do. Live in a hotel. That's why I tell people, never be ashamed of what you did. It makes you what you, who you are today. Exactly. Everybody has been through something. So exactly. I've been homeless, lived in my car, lived in a hotel. I meant I was going to do it on my own. I'm not asking for help. But it got to a point I was like, okay, with the amount of money that I'm spending, trying to scrape up, trying to survive in this hotel and not live back in my car. I have family elsewhere. Right. So it got to a point my mother, she was taking care of my grandfather. Then he was getting sick. So she was like, I can't say you can come here. You know how they feel about that. So it wasn't even an option to be able to come stay in their home. Wow. And she was like, because you're busy looking out for other people and wouldn't make them leave your home. Me trying to make sure they're not homeless. I ended up homeless. That's what it was. Right. Had extra people in my home to the point that people reported, I guess, it to the office. Yeah. And they were saying, you either need to put them on your lease. Or you have to go. Right. And I'm like, well, they do stay here a lot, but they're not feel like really living here. Right. They didn't want to hear. They're like, no, they're here enough to say they need to be on the lease. Right. And I had to go trying to save somebody else. Mm-hmm. Which, mind you, the crazy part is these people had places to go, but I didn't. Right. Couldn't even go to their house. That's the crazy part. But oh, wow. I ended up having to call my family in North Carolina. And they were like, I told them basically I didn't have anywhere to go. And the reason why is because of my lifestyle. They was like, oh, hell no. Right. We don't care who you love. You got family here. Do we need to come get you? That's how like real it was. Right. Baby, when do you need to come? We got you. Okay. (laughs) So that was the whole thing with that. Like it's the people you expect to react that way. Mm -hmm. Most of the time (laughs) isn't the ones. They're the ones that take it the hardest and treat you the worst. The ones you expect to act that way are the ones that's like, I love you regardless. You're still my baby. That's what my mom said to me. And you're always going to be my baby regardless. As long as they treat you right, that's when the problem will come in if they do anything to hurt you. Right. And I found out about it. Right. But yes. So to turn the tables back on you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I told you about my origin of it all. Like I already knew anyway. And then it was my first was my babysitter's daughter. So where did it originate from you? Was it actually like something traumatic that happened to you in life as far as like some kind of experience or was it from cycle of broken relationships with men? Or what was it? Because I can say, just like I said, I knew as a child. But yeah. you know, some people say it was because I was raped. I know a lot of male guys, that gay males, that I've hung out with and that are my babies today. And they, I've had a few of them say it was either their uncles or their brothers that raped them. And mm-hmm. that's why they're gay. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't anything that made you go to the rainbow side or was it just you period was it just you as a person anyway um because that's when I remember when i said i had to dig a little deeper so it started at i started recognizing it at like seven um but it was nothing like that i didn't have any traumatic experiences it was just something that i just felt i started recognizing and paying attention to and everything so mine i feel like Mine was already there. Didn't nothing cause it. Um, no bad relationships made me do it. Um, I just, it was something that I always felt like was there. I always, you know, 
was so scared to kind of act on it just because of the reception of, you know, in the deep South, <laughs> you know, they don't play, you know, we like the Bible belt down here. They do not play about stuff like that. You doing this, you doing that. So it was fear that caused me to kind of step back. But when, like I said, when I was in my mid twenties, it kind of opened up the door for me and I felt comfortable that first you're beautiful. I was like, what am I now? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Okay, then, you know, and it was a different feeling and it felt good. It was, it was a difference because, of course, I had guys, you know, you're beautiful. You're like, okay, thank you, you know, whatever. But you that first, felt like it was something behind it. It was something behind it because when you talk about I'm beautiful, then the next line will be like, yo, when can I come chill with you? And so this, that, and the third. So I already know you just want some tail. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you just want some, some buns, but, I will say, um, nothing traumatic, like I said, nothing traumatic ever happened to me. I just felt like none of the male, me, you know, female male relationships would work because there was something that I wasn't even supposed to be doing. I will say that. You were a heterosexual. I was not a heterosexual. <laughs> okay. I was not. Um, even though I tried to be, I tried. God knows I did. And, and getting back to, you know, telling people and telling your mom, um, I had a man who raised me. He's not my dad, but he's, he's more of a dad than my actual dad. Cause my daddy was there pretty much financially. He always kept a job. So he made sure, even though I was going to be good anyway, between my mom and my stepdad, but my dad worked. That was me and his relationship. And my stepdad, when he found out, I kind of was scared to tell him because he's not from here. He's from up north. And he was just like, first thing he was like, we ain't raised you like that. But I didn't take offense when he said it because he's stupid. So I'm just like, dad, nobody raised me like this. And then I had to explain it to him. He said, and understand that no matter how you raise a child. They still form into their own person. Right. They still have their own individual personalities. You teach them right from wrong, but they still have to become themselves. That's what you teach them to do. Right. And you teach them how to survive in this world. Exactly. So you can't say that. Like, yeah, to my, we ain't raised you like that. I was like, Pops, really. <laughs> so I had to break it down to him and, and let him know, like, it was nothing you guys did. You get what I'm saying? Y'all were good parents. Y'all provided for us. You know what I'm saying? You taught me morals. You taught me respect. You taught me to respect myself. You taught me to let nobody overtake me and stand on my own two feet, have my own job, make my own money, go to school, do something better, try to progress. Y'all taught me all that. So definitely I'm my own person. So once, once we had a conversation about it, it's like cooling. He be like, you know what I'm saying? You know, ain't nobody down there messing with Uncle. It's my daughter. Ain't nobody been on mess with her. Da da da. And and we're easy, easy is on the what? Now on the other hand, my actual biological father, I always try to reach out and try to have some type of relationship with him. Um, with him, me, him, and my brothers. And my brothers was on some stuff like, uh uh-uh, uh, we ain't messing with dad, cause dad is on some crazy stuff. And even though we was then I was just, I just would overlook me. That's just dad. You know, don't worry about it. And I remember a situation where me and my dad had like a disagreement about something. And the first thing he wants to say is, it's not my fault that you choose the lifestyle you choose. So mind you, the whole time I'm like, 
you know, he all right with it, or at least he, you know, he's cool to the point where, you know, it ain't nothing said. But it's so funny when people get mad, you know what I'm saying? The knives come out and everything. And when he said that, it's not my fault. You choose the lifestyle you choose. Mm-hmm. I was like, how dare you say anything about any type of lifestyle I choose when you won't even there? You get what I'm yeah. saying? I had my dad. My stepdad is my dad. Like, I call him dad. We just went out and ate the other day. Like, I took him out to eat. I paid for it. I was like, Pops, come on. Let's go get some food. You know, we sat down and we talked and, and we were good. My my stepdad, the one who raised me, not my biological father. And it's done been like three, four years. And I ain't even talked to my dad behind that statement because it hurt deep because I'm like, dude. Um, it used to wonder why I ain't even around her, you know, on drugs and acting crazy. If it had to be your parenting, cause you won't dare. Since you said that, what would be your advice to parents as far as since he, since you're saying like, like it cut you deep. It yes. cuts differently. It is different when it's somebody that you expect to accept you regardless. Right. And they don't. Right. So what would be your advice to parents when they do come out to them? What to do and what not to do as far as like letting them know, hey, you do have someone in your corner. Because you got to think about just like you have other kids that kill themselves behind bullies. You have people that have taken themselves out also because they weren't accepted by the people that they wanted to be accepted by because of their preference. Right. What I will say to parents moving forward, um, even if you're a listener and you're you're straight, you know what I'm saying? You're heterosexual. Like... Even them, I will say, just be accepting, just be understanding, be loving. Because the crazy part about it, I had a child to come out and say, you know, he was gay. And at first I was upset. Then I was like, Terry, how you going to be upset, though? Like, how how you really going to be mad? You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you really going to be mad? Because that's what he chose to do. I didn't show him I was mad. I was just like, oh, you my only one. No grandkids, really? Then I was just like... It could be grandkids. You ain't got to go there. You got to act like that, you know. But I will say be understanding because they already scared. They already got to face society judging because, you know, one, you're of color. Two, you a man of color, you know, and then you a gay male of color. You get what I'm saying? So they already going to expect that from everybody else. So you need to continue to be their safe zone because at the end of the day, you they parent whether you agree with them or not you still have to be understanding yeah and they it's it's already dangerous out there for everyone right but some of us already start off with strikes and it's not even our fault right it's just something that's always been and always going to be so let them know if they don't have anybody else to protect them and be in their corner that they at least have their parents Right. Come on now. Right. That's the main people. That's the first thing when you come out. I'm telling you. When right. you want to come out, that's the first two people you worry about or person if you don't have both of your parents is how are they going to react? Am I going to disappoint or hurt them? I hope everything's going good because I still want them in my life. I want them to love me no different. Right. And once I, I had to sit, sit back and think about the acceptance that I got in my mid-twenties, mind you, when my baby came out, he was 15 when he said something to me. And I was like, look how scared you was. Grown woman, done had a baby on your own, paying your own bills. And I didn't come outside, I was out of school. 
So let's look at how you feel and then how your child feeling telling you as a kid, you know, literally not a grown up. So I accepted it and show him that he, you know, I love you regardless of anything. You know what I'm saying? I'm always have your back and I'm always be a rolly. But just like with regular relationships or, you know, male, female relationships, like I'm not going to let nobody hurt you. So I'm going to need for you to know, you know, this ain't loving you. You know, I had to show it's a lot of times us as parents, we we be quick to tell our kids something, but we don't walk that walk. So you got to learn to walk the walk that you're telling them to. So I pretty much told him things as well as show him this is, you know, how it's supposed to go. You know, fighting and cussing and fussing and arguing. That's not love. You know, that's toxic. That can get you in trouble. That can get you locked up. That can get you all types of trouble. Like embracing him and loving him and encouraging him was like the best thing I can say that I have done with him. And that's like one of my best friends. I promise, you know, he models the line between parent child. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's like one of my, we, we got a whole good bond just because I understand what he's going through and vice versa. And I can't be judgmental because at the end of the day, they still, he's still my child. You know what I'm saying? Just like I'm still my mom's child even though I choose to do what I do, you know, and pretty much just, just don't be so quick to, you know, just be evil or just think in your own thoughts or how you feel, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to take yourself out of it and just imagine how they feel in that moment. It might not be what you want to hear. It might not be what you want to accept, but that does a lot to a person when they don't feel accepted Cause when my dad said what he said to me, a grown up, like in my thirties, I was like, eh? what? Yeah, that hurt. that hurt. Even though he's a person that won't in my life, really, I made him be in my life or I, I can't say make him, but I put forth an effort to start a relationship with him once I became 18. You get what I'm saying? So I added him in my life. He's a big part of my life because he's my dad. But I was like, oh, that hurt deep more. So I'm just thankful, you know, to have family and friends that are accepting, you know, to the fact of this is who I am. This is what I want to do. And, you know, you accept it. You might not like it, but hey, you accept what I do. And I would say, too, also that although he wasn't in your life in what he said hurt and you still reflect on that today, even if they have been in your life. Right. I feel like it's just the point of it's the person or who it is to you right. in the family because my grandparents were in my life all my life as far as I can recall. And yeah. The reaction when I say probably now, recently, I can talk about it now without crying. It was it took me a long time to be able to talk about it without tearing up. Like, so it was like out of all people like y'all really like right. really the people that's been just maybe visitors or haven't been in my life like that are the ones that's like i don't care what you do or where you at you have us on? if you have nobody else no one else so it's like really really right y'all really people. be like this with me because of this is what i want to do exactly please don't do that to your children people because it will be in their heads Forever. and in their hearts and to the day on. that they leave this earth. Okay. And 
although we may forgive you, it'll still be in the back of your head. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in the back of their head. So it's like, yeah, you love me, but it's still, do you still feel some type of way? You're just not saying it because you're trying to do what's right or trying to just fix what was wronged because you know that was like a messed up reaction. So it's just, yeah. regardless of how you feel about me living wrong, like, and I can say, I'm not going to say that they stayed mad at me forever about it. They may have always still felt some type of way about it, but it took for me years later. I had moved back to North Carolina, was with a another woman, but I was with my um somebody I didn't need to be with, but we visited their home. It got to a point I can be around them again, but they did. It was I think I came around them before, and they still went in their room when I came from North Carolina to visit my mom. But that particular time, I came with someone. I was just like, forget it. They're going to go in their room anyway, so I'm bringing my partner with me. Right. And I did not know how to feel. Like, I stood there. I couldn't even cry, laugh, like, smile, anything. I just froze because when we walked in the house, my grandmother didn't leave out of the room. She actually stayed in the um entertainment area, and she hugged my partner first, so that made me freeze first. So I'm like, oh, Lord, she about to take this woman out. And I'm going to have to explain to her family that I took her to my people. And it went, <laughs> it, went and it went left. So it was like, okay. And she looked at her. She was like, I'm, she was like I love you. And she then she came to me. And I was looking like, okay, what is she about to do to me? Because she grabbed her face. You know how older people grab your face? She grabbed both cheeks. And then she grabbed me. So I was already starting to tear up then. You know, I'm a mush bag. And she was like, I love you. And she said, you're always going to be my Riri. And no matter what, she said, you have to answer for what you're doing in life. When you leave this earth, you're going to have to answer to God about this, not me. So she said, just know that I'm sorry for what I did, what I said or how I reacted to it. I still love you. You're always going to be my Riri. So I said there was like, whew. It was a, actually, I can't say it was a weight off of my shoulders. It felt good. I'm like, I finally have my grandmother back. So that's why I say, don't do that to your kids. Because even though they may forgive you for it, you like, the relief is going to hit naturally because of who you are to them. But still to this day, it's always going to be a story that I tell about how the people that I loved dearly were the main ones that pushed me away and pushed me out, I felt like. Because literally, I was on the outs and they were like, I don't care what you go through. You will not come yeah. here. Yes. So yeah. I was like, out of all people, like, no, just please don't do that to your children, please to not. your cousin, to your sister, to your brother, no matter who it is. I'm not even going to just say children to focus on that. It can be in the whole adult because I it took for me to graduate school before I even came out about it. And whether they are adolescent or an adult, young teen, young adult, it's going to hurt them regardless so and it's always going to stick with them i don't care but yes anything else you want to speak on about this topic before i shut this thing down for this one All different types of bases and spilt over a little bit, added some extra stuff. Yeah, because I'm trying not to talk to them for an hour again. Like we want to give you more topics, but I know you don't want it long and drawn out. But this is part two, part one of it. We're going to be getting other people's advice about it because I feel like it needs to be out there. You know, different stories. Yes, about your coming out stories, and I'm glad you said that because I do want to say 
we do plan on starting a weekly top mail for our fans and our listeners. I do want to say with that being said, first of all, I appreciate you all. We love you because I just recently found out, even though this is a new thing, I have people that are saying that they go to sleep to listening to us. They're like, look, when are you going to do this thing? They're emailing and texting. They're coming to us. Like, when are you going to do another one? I'm listening to the same thing over and over and over. But I found out also that is, if not more, it's just as many heterosexual men and women listening to us. Just that it is our rainbow family. So I'm like, I appreciate you all. Thank you for that. Yes. And it's actually tripping me out because I was looking at the like the demographics of everything. And at first it was showing that it was mostly men listening to us. And I was like, wow, okay. So it's not just gay males, but it was like straight men, I guess, wanted to hear the yeah. inside of a woman's or a lesbian woman's mind. Right. Like, so it's like, I guess it's intriguing. But yeah, we will be starting a weekly top mail. So I can go ahead and give you the P.O. box now where you can actually mail us in. As I do say it every time on the um, podcast, we will accept a constructive criticism, not shade. It's a difference. Yes. Let us know what you feel like we could work on, things that you want to have, like add to it. Or like, okay, do this for us next or whatever. But I want to do the weekly mail for it can be advice that you want to be given, any any topic you need advice on. Or it can be something where you that you want us to discuss, which I say that every time. But the P.O. Box it's P.O. Box 3858. Once again, P.O. Box 3858, Kinston, K-I-N-S-T-O-N, North Carolina, 28502. So send those letters in. I will try. We we're going to do this thing weekly for you. I will designate a day that we will cover the topic, give the advice, whatever you ask of us. If you want to give us an opinion, I will also, you can give us your name or an alias. It doesn't matter if you want to be, don't want to be known or whatever. If you want to cover a topic that we already recorded and you want to just add your two cents in, I will cover that in our next podcast as well. I will speak on that and be like, okay, from the topic we did on such and such date, this was something that so-and-so, this was their input on it. So I will be willing to do that also. And once again, we appreciate you all. Yes, yes. Thank you. (laughs) And hope to see you on top. Bye-bye. (laughs) Bye-bye.